Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is my good friend and buddy and partner in crime, LPGA professional Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm I'm doing very well. We've uh, been getting some long overdue rain for a little while here and expected to be over the next week uh, or so, which I'm not really happy about that, but we did need it. It was getting a little little dry, a little crispy here, so I'm glad that uh, we're getting some rain. But other than that, doing very well. We've got a great show this morning. We're going to be uh, having a very interesting discussion on how to build your confidence in the no BS zone here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Brienne Murphy, uh, who is an LPGA professional and also the owner of Murphy's Golf and Fitness. We're going to talk to her uh, a little bit later on the show. But I, I got to be, uh, uh, before we get into the, our discussion, I wanted to talk about um, this past weekend's U.S. Open. What did you think? Did you uh, get a chance to watch much of it at all? I did. I watched the end. Um, yeah. Talk about redemption. I feel like Right? I feel like, yeah, it was meant to be. And I feel as though all the things that have happened to him have taught him to grow up a little bit and to mature and to be grateful. And it's just its amazing how life can do that to you if you allow it. Mm -hmm. And his attitude was so good. John Rahm is who I'm speaking of. And, again, I feel terrible for Louis. But I know the pain. I've been there myself, right? Not at that extreme. <laughs> right. But, um, but holy cow, yeah, it was awesome. What did you well, think? I mean, yeah, what a, you know, here, here's the thing. First and foremost, I was surprised because, I, and maybe I misunderstood, but, you know, previously at the memorial, of course, he uh, was taken out because of testing positive for COVID. And my understanding was I thought he – uh, maybe it was maybe the the announcer at the time uh, didn't say it correctly, but I thought he had actually withdrawn from the U.S. Open. So I was surprised when I saw his name uh, earlier on in the event. I thought, well, wait a minute, you know, I thought he had withdrawn. What's he doing here? So I was really excited, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to jinx anything, um, you know, early on and say, oh yeah, he's going to win. Um, but deep down, I thought. I'll bet you he's going to win this weekend. And, you know, I saw him creeping around the leaderboard. He was a few back. 
for a while, and, and then he got a little further back, and then he started getting closer. And I knew coming into Sunday when I saw him, I think he was tied for third. Um, I said, he's got a really, really good shot. And, you know, when he sunk that birdie, um, I think it was on, what, 16, and he had the two holes left, uh, just something said, I'll bet you he's going to win. And I was really, really excited to see him close it out. Um, I'm so happy. And, and it really speaks to what we're going to talk about is, is building confidence because, you know, after what he went through um, at the memorial, you could very easily see how that could knock a little bit of confidence out. You know, he was really pumped up. I mean, he was six shots ahead at the memorial, and then all of a sudden, you know, they come whistling out in the cart, and they're, you know, taking him off because of the, the test. And you could just see, like, you know, the expression on his face, the disappointment, um, and, you know, I could very easily see somebody getting derailed for a little while, but he bounced right back and came out and won the, the U.S. Open. First major, uh, obviously, and um, for, you know, for Spain, which is huge, um, you know, for their country as well, uh, to have a U.S. Open winner, first major tournament um, for, for them. So um, I'm sure there's lots of celebration going on back home. What do you think? Cindy, are you with me or did you... Mute your mic. I had muted. Sorry. I'd keep doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm sure it was, it, there was a big celebration and it was so great that his parents were there and his wife and the baby yep. and everybody. So it was just, <clears throat> and he said how the place reminded him of home and just, it was awesome. 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 He, he's such a yeah. He's such a really nice guy too. You know, I mean, a lot of great guys, obviously, and and you know, ladies out on the the LPGA and that. But some just kind of stick out. And uh, you know, as I said, I, I'm sure his, you know, he 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 knows he's got the ability to to win tournaments. Not he's you know obviously done it before, um, but to go through what he went through the, the previous week, it's very easy to understand how somebody's, you know, as I said, can can become a little bit rattled over that and then to turn around and come back and win a major tournament like the U.S. Open under the conditions, um, you know, that they were playing um, is, is just kudos to his, um, not only his own personal abilities, but the team around him, his family and friends that support him. Um, way to go, John Rom. I mean, I, I, I can't, uh, you can't say it any better than that. He just did a fantastic job and just played solid golf all the way through the whole tournament and uh, ultimately come on and, and won. So good for you, sir, and we hope there's many, many more in your future. All right, so we're going to zip into the no BS zone here, and uh, we're going to talk about how to build confidence. This is something that, Cindy, a lot of people um, at all levels, professional as well, uh, really, really lose um, at some point, um, and some never gain. Uh, confidence as well. So, you know, the first question that, that I put out there is, you know, asked, does this sound familiar? I lost my confidence. So I'm going to come to you, Cindy, because I know you've played out on tour for a number of years, and I'm sure there were moments throughout your career where, you know, all cylinders were firing, suddenly something didn't go the way you, you thought it was going to go, uh, maybe an event or maybe a string of events or what have you, at some point, did you lose your confidence? And if so, what did you do to regain it? Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah. Because we all do, right? I mean, I, we all lose confidence from Oh, I do, it all, I, I do it daily. I mean, I was yeah. teaching a golf clinic for KPMG and the PGA of America yesterday in New York City, and um, the second half of the day, you take your group out to play, and I'm trying this fancy new driver with this fancy new shaft that's supposed to go 20 yards farther, and it's a little bit, it's about a half an inch to an inch longer, and you got to wait for it at the top, and I'm trying out different contacts because I don't like playing with glasses. Well, I can't see the ball land. And right. it, it, it's not a good feeling. And when you're going to try to play in some tournaments and you can't see it land, you're at the mercy of whoever's caddying for you. And my husband can't see worse than I can't see. So <laughs> I'm probably going to have to get rid of him. And then it's like, where's the ball going? And then I put my glasses on, and I'm like, I can see with my glasses. So, again, you have no idea, well, I'm sure you do if you're listening, how Mm -hmm. fast you can Mm -hmm. find it and lose it. So to have a couple swing thoughts while you're standing over the ball, and the second to last hole I hit one tee shot okay, then I put the glasses on, and I I almost topped it because I was like, oh, my God, I can't stand this, right? And so I said, we got to play at least mm-hmm. one more hole because i got to redeem myself. And I did. I took the glasses off. I'm like, I'm just going to do this blind. And I hit it good. And right. so it's so funny what your mind will do to you. So I would suggest that you practice. And while you're practicing, find a couple of very easy swing thoughts, keys, triggers, mantras, whatever they are, feels, and if they work, write them down because they will go away mm-hmm. and then try to remember them. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, even the best athletes in the world, um, this happens virtually every day, as you said. Um, there's moments when, you know, everything's working well. Um, you know, they've worked hard on their game to get where they are. And then something happens and that confidence gets shattered and tested. And those, you know, this is where the, the mental side or the, the mind game, if you will, really comes into play. Um, so the real question is, what happens when a golfer loses confidence? And can we teach them techniques on how to regain confidence? Uh, and the uh, answer inevitably is yes, we can. Um, and so basically the, the overall question again is, is really how do you build uh, confidence. So, you know, Cindy, it's important to really continually build the foundation. Um, so small, as an example, small and short-term failures will uh, not penetrate your long-term foundation. So in other words, you know, you're going to have some little missteps, a little mishaps along the way. We all have that. Um, but if you develop an overall strong foundation um, in confidence, then you know, these little things will not chip away it entirely. It might be temporarily. So here are some things, here are some steps, and, uh, you know, we, we can talk about them here, and I'll, I'll maybe do one, and I'll give you one to here to be, uh, you know, to be fair about it. So the, the first one is preparation. Um, you know, as the old saying goes, build it and it will come. Um, and, and it's a secure feeling on the first tee. You know when you put that work and effort in each part of your game to deal with the shots that you're going to need on the course. 
And if you properly prepare yourself, and it's not just going up to the range and hitting ball after ball. It's actually working on different areas. The short game, you know, we talked about last week in the OBS zone about, uh, you know, presented that 90-day challenge. So if you do something like that and really work hard at certain aspects of your game, when you get out there, you know you've, gonna, you've prepared as best as you can. That doesn't mean you're not going to have some bad shots, um, but it means that um, you're well prepared or you should be well prepared so that when you do have a little misstep or something happens out there, you're going to feel confident in you knowing what to do, what club to pick and what shot might be needed for whatever cir- uh, circumstance. So preparation is, is a key. And another one, Sina, I'm going to let you tackle this one here, is be proactive um, in whatever you do. What, what, do you think, uh, what do you think really that means about being proactive as opposed to necessarily being reactive? Plan. You know, pursue mm-hmm. what you're trying to do instead of protect. Again, you have to walk up there with confidence. And, and let's talk about Sunday with Louis' tee shot on 17. I mean, you could hear the yeah. announcer say he could have bailed this 50 yards right of where he hit it. So mm-hmm. what was he thinking? You know, again, I understand that the moment in time was scary. But right. let us all learn from his mistake because they all make mistakes. I mean, we, we put them all on a pedestal. And, and, again, the magic has to be there for you to win, which is clearly what, you know, John Rahm was supposed to win that tournament. Did that putt on the last right. hole, it curved so much, and the pace was perfect. I mean, God bless him. But, again, then, you know, <laughs> there's, there's uh, excitement for one and pain for the other. And, and Louis birdieing the 18th hole. Anyway, my point being is you have to know what your plan is. And Alan, a husband mm-hmm. of mine who's played on tour forever, is like, why would he not hit it dead right? And, and again, yep. got to think. And in the moment, you might lose your brain. So you got to have a good candidate that says, hey, let's go over at the tent. Hit it at the tent. You know, because if you're right of right, you're fine. If you're left, you're dead. And and they said, when yeah. he doesn't finish his backswing, so again, I'm like, oh, that's me, that's me. The, he hits a dead left. I'm like, oh, I'm busted, right? So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to be proactive for sure. And, and doing that is, is in the preparation, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and having a plan, getting, you know, getting a game plan together. The other one, too, coming in, one of the other ones is, is understanding your strengths, what your limitations are and what your triggers are and knowing them well. Um, so, you know, it, for instance, if, if your driver, as an example, is not a club that you're real confident with, then for now, leave it in the bag. Pull out a three wood, even a hybrid, and use that off the tee. Because, you know, or a club that you're more comfortable with. Don't hit clubs that you're not comfortable with. Now, obviously, I know we've got to work the bag, as it were, um, but understanding your strengths will also help with confidence. Because if you get faced with a shot that you know that you're not very good at, let's say you get in and the ball's you know, nestled down in the rough, and you don't normally hit it very well, and you know, maybe you've got 100 yards, uh, 100, we'll say 150 yards to the green, well, if you know you're not confident hitting that shot, 
and there's trouble surrounding the green. Maybe there's some water. Maybe there's some bunkers. Um, you know, why would you try to go for it? Now, I know it's only 150 yards, but just punch it out to the fairway. You know, maybe move it up to 100 yards. It's a 50-yard shot, uh, shot or, or whatever your comfortable range is to, to approach a green. Hit it out. And, yeah, okay, you might lose a stroke, but better to do that and put yourself in a position where you're going to be playing with confidence than trying to go for a shot you are not comfortable with and running into all kinds of trouble and, you know, maybe losing two or even three strokes uh, on that hole. So understanding your strengths, what your limitations are, and, uh, and understanding what your triggers are as well, um, you know, I think is, is going to be able to help you all the way around. Cindy, here's a great one for you, because um, I know you believe this as well, and that is get yourself some great coaching. Your thoughts here. I think it's it's really important that you find someone who understands, uh, has been in a situation of, you know, pressure-packed circumstances, if you will, and can help you. Uh, <clears throat> you don't have to do this by yourself, you know? You just, you don't. And so, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Get yourself some great coaching. and And learn to understand what your tendencies are. You know, do you tend to take risks when you shouldn't? Do you go for things when you really can't get over the bunker or fly the water or whatever it is? Um, Just, yes, definitely get some great coaching. How about you? Well, yeah, and exactly. And you want to find somebody that matches up with your values and your needs. I mean, the, the best thing that a coach can do for a player, number one, is to believe in them and to believe in their abilities, um, which is ultimately going to help bolster their own confidence. Um, the last thing you want to do is connect with somebody, and, and that doesn't mean they're a bad coach, but that maybe you just don't connect the dots together, for lack of better words. And that's okay. So you find that, I mean, there's thousands of them out there. So, you know, um, do a little research, but get, get with somebody that really is going to get behind you. The, the last thing you want and, and this goes to the next point that, that I'm going to tackle here, is to create a positive, supportive internal voice. So your own voice should be the most supportive and create a positive internal dialogue. Uh, a negative voice can erode confidence and, in your abilities and create doubt uh, in those capabilities. And that goes to, to you know, having a good coach. Now, I'm not saying the coach is going to come out and, oh, you're, you suck and you stink and all that, but if they're not reinforcing the positive shots and, and encouraging you um, in that way, then your internal dialogue is going to also change. And that's extremely important. You know, Cindy, I'm sure when you were out in tour, there were many times, uh, I mean, I would be shocked if you didn't, where maybe things weren't going as well as you had hoped. And that internal dialogue, I'm sure, changed. You know, maybe earlier in the round, you were things were you were hitting your stride then all of a sudden the wheels fell off the bus did your internal dialogue change at that point earlier on obviously as you you know excelled later on as a, as a player and as a coach but earlier on in your career did you find that that internal dialogue sometimes played a little havoc with you oh my gosh all the time all the time and again the more you learn the better it gets um but yeah all the time 
Yeah, and, and it's and, it, and it's very easy to – I mean, we see this all the time, Cindy, with amateurs, um, where they'll go out and, you know, they're playing pretty good. All of a sudden, they have a bad hole. And instead of saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to compartmentalize that, and I'm going to move that, you know, it's past. I can't do anything to change that. I'm at a brand new hole. Let's focus on that. As I've said so many times, like dragging their baggage through the airport, they just bring the baggage from every bad hole they've ever played or every bad round to every hole in the future. And that internal dialogue, as I said, just keeps, you know, it's, it's like on a feedback loop. Oh, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> slice this ball or, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to duff this. Uh, you know, I've maybe got a, a hazard that I've got to carry over here. It's, you know, it's uh, 220 yards. I don't know if I can carry it. So I might as well just, you know, expect a, a triple you know, or a quadruple uh, uh, bogey on this, on this hole. Right away, they've already set themselves up for failure before they've even hit their tee shot. And that happens time and time again. I mean, Cindy, you know yourself how many times you've worked with a player uh, at whatever level and you've heard that dialogue. You know, you might ask them and say, what are you thinking here? And all of a sudden, that, you know, it's like a plethora of negativity comes out of them. And you've got to be thinking to yourself as a coach, well, wait a minute, you haven't even hit the ball yet. Right? Right. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, and... You know, we all do it. I mean, we're all guilty of it. Don't get me wrong. But that's such a huge, huge thing. That doesn't mean that you go around and say, oh, I'm the greatest player that ever. That's not what we're talking about. But if you, if you set yourself up for failure, if your expectations are that you're going to hit bad shots, and you are going to hit some bad shots, let them happen. Move on. But don't sit there and beat yourself up internally because that one bad hole now suddenly turns into a string of bad holes. And then it becomes a bad round. Then you go home frustrated and you're feeling, you know, a little verklempt, if you will. And uh, suddenly the next time you come out, you're not thinking, hey, this is a great day. The sun's shining. I'm, I'm, I feel blessed to be out here playing this great game. You're thinking, God, I remember that hole that I played last Saturday. And, <laughs> oh, you stop. You know, or. You're making me sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to, we got to, we'll move on. I think can you get, we, yeah, I think folks, you get the point here. Fun? All right. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so focus on your good shots. That's another thing. Um, you know, Ben Hogan famously, you know, one of the, one of the greatest ball strikers of all time felt he only hit about five or six shots in the round that were great. Um, and, you know, he did have obviously many misses and so will you, but he focused on the good shots uh, and just accepted the, the, uh, the, the many. So, Focus on your overall, Cindy, and maybe you can sort of sum this up, is focus on your development as a player um, and just maybe touch on a few things that you can do. You've already talked about one, you know, formulate a game plan, um, of course, but what are some other things that you can think of that we can do to really help instill confidence? What did some of the things from your own experience maybe did you do to help instill confidence in your game? I think you have to be aware that there's sometimes a negative voice in your head. And um, when I do camps and groups like yesterday, I told the girls, I, I want you to name that witch because <laughs> she's not always a good witch. <laughs> and my witch is Cynthia, right? And be aware mm. of who's talking 
is it Cindy or Cynthia, right? Because right. if you don't, um, it, it's real important for you to know that the negative bad witch is not there to help you. He or she is there to protect you, and sometimes that makes you play with fear and caution instead of confidence. And you need to know what you're doing and have a plan, and the only thing you can do is try to execute the plan. You can't control the outcome. If you could, 144 players would have won the U.S. Open on Sunday Yep. because they couldn't control the outcome. And, and know that when it's your time, again, part of, part of the, the hardest thing about golf is the fact that you lose way more than you ever win. And if you understand right. that and when you lose, you try to learn and say, okay, what can I, what can I control? <clears throat> I can control my pre-shot routine. I can control my thoughts because I'm the one that tells me what I'm going to think. And be aware of the good witch and the bad witch, if you will, and the fact mm-hmm. that the bad witch is probably not going to help you much, maybe there to protect you. But if you have a game plan and you say, look, I know I'm going to miss far more shots than I'm going to hit good, then you're going to have a better attitude. Then you're going to be more relaxed. And the more relaxed you are, the better you're going to swing. We all, I, I, anybody that's played the game with some pressure knows that Louis Oosthuizen was quick from the top. Now, he chose a bad target line, right? He probably wasn't mm-hmm. thinking right. as clearly as he was, you know, on the first day of the tournament, right, because of the situation. But that's what makes great champions. They get ice in their veins or whatever you want to call it. That They know what, they supposed, what they're supposed to be thinking at the time. And he just mm-hmm. misstepped one tee shot that cost him yep. – the U.S. Open. On the other hand, John hits this bunker shot that you're thinking, well, that's not very good. Well, then he makes a miraculous putt. So, again, if you have a plan and you know yourself, that's the most important part of this, is know yourself. Louis is not as dynamic as John. Louis typically would be more uh, a safe player. John's going to go for it which, you know, he mm-hmm. did. Um, but you have to know who you are. And when you know who you are, then you can play your best. Yeah, that's that's a great, great point. Um, you know, understanding yourself as a player uh, and in this individual is going to carry you a long way. And don't try to be something, you know, uh, for Louis to try to play like John and vice versa isn't going to work because that's not who they are. So just a very quick recap, because uh, then we've got to move on. Um, if you want to build confidence, I'm just going to hit the real, real quick all of the points. Preparation, number one. Always prepare. Uh, work on the areas of the game that you struggle with and help to build confidence there. Be proactive, as Cindy said. Um, you know, Don't be reactive to situations. Be proactive. Get out there and do the things that you need to do. Understanding your strengths, limitations, and triggers. Um, understanding what, what parts of your game are good and what parts of, of your game are not and how uh, you can utilize those strengths uh, to your advantage. Step up and, and reach out and get some great uh, coaching, if you will. Um, you know, Connect with a, a great uh, LPGA or, or PGA professional in your area. 
um, and make sure that they match up with your with your values and uh, and your needs as well. Create a clear and defined goal or plan, uh, as Cindy pointed out earlier. Uh, create a positive and supportive internal voice and focus on your good shots and not your bad shots. Um, and overall, focus yourself in developing uh, as a player. Um, you know, don't just focus on the ball striking and hitting the ball well. That's certainly important as well, but you've got to learn how to play the game. You've got to put all those shots together and actually get out on the golf course. And the sooner you do that, the better the player you're going to be. And you're going to have, as Cindy just pointed out, you're going to have some missteps here and, and there along the way, and that's okay. But you learn from them. And don't try to play a game that you see somebody else playing. Play your game. If you're not an overly aggressive uh, uh, player like, like John Rahm is, um, and you're more like Louie, then um, stick to what you know. Don't try to be something that you're not, because that's not going to serve you well. Um, very interesting. I think some great points there, um, and uh, hopefully uh, the listeners out there will, will get some help. Um, we're going to introduce our, our very special guest here in just a moment, but a quick message from Golf Tips Magazine. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, just a quick side note. If you go to GolfTipsMag.com and under subscription, if you click subscribe um, on the print subscriptions and enter promo code GolfTips21, you'll save over 30% off of the annual subscription price. So you'll get it for $9.99 instead of $14.97. So uh, take advantage of that. It's uh, good until the end of June. That promo code is GOLFTIPS21. Just enter it in uh, at the time of checkout, and you'll save yourself uh, just a little over 30% off the subscription uh, annual subscription price. All right, our very special guest, Cindy, this morning is Brianne Murphy. Uh, she is an LPGA professional as well as the owner of Murphy's Golf and Fitness. Uh, and over the years, she has developed a great passion for this game, as well as particularly in the teaching side of things. Her career started uh, back in 97 in uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where she worked under a top 100 uh, teacher professional uh, here in the United States. Uh, opportunities to advance her teaching career has taken her to other uh, many locations, such as uh, Connecticut, Boston, New York, Orlando, uh, Chicago, and uh, even Tampa Bay. Uh, she's uh, been an LPGA teacher professional since 2003 and has worked uh, with the Nike Golf Camps, First Tee Programs, uh, LPGA Girls uh, Club, uh, and uh, just a whole host of other things that she has done. Um, so, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Brianne Murphy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? Excellent. Trying to find a quiet spot here at LPGA International Golf Course has been quite challenging this morning. So if you hear really? birds, I apologize. We like birds. We like birds. Well, birds, well, lawnmowers, planes, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So. 
we well, like that just means it's a, it's a <laughs> yeah we like birdies that's right so um so brand let me uh, so let me just start off real quick and and then i'll uh, i'll turn it over to you uh, for a few moments um so brand let me ask you something here uh, i always like to kind of get a, a an idea of you know how we got started at what we do and and who sort of influenced us early on in our our life um you know that that drew us to this game and and somebody was a big influence uh for you at a very young age uh tell us about who that person was and how they influenced you to uh, take up the game yeah um my grandfather was a big influence um i grew up playing several different sports not always good at um, most of them but played a plethora of different sports um and I was 15, and um, my grandfather had suggested it would maybe time to take up golf as a long-time uh, sport. And um, so I was lucky enough. He first thing he did was uh, got me golf lessons, and I think that was rather important. I say that non-biased, of course, um, but sure. he was definitely the you know the influence of, of my game, and um, he has since passed. But you know, I definitely um, attribute that. To him every day I'm very grateful for him to be doing that to have introduced me to the game and um, little did I know I'd be doing it for a living so I think um, I hope that he can see that I'm he's proud of me but also that um, he sees how much I enjoy it and I'm very thankful for him to do that so well I have no doubt that he has followed you throughout your career and, and I'm sure is very very uh, proud of, of the things that you've accomplished and and the direction that you've taken what particularly do you think uh, and, and I don't know whether he specifically ever came right out and told you but why do you think that he wanted to introduce you to golf particularly I mean there's a lot of other sports you said you know you played some here and there um, you know throughout your life but what do you think about it was about golf that really obviously I'm assuming he enjoyed golf himself but what do you think was uh, about golf that really he thought, okay, this is something that Brianne needs to, to really focus on. Part of the reason was that we would get to spend more time together. Um, and he was really the only one that played golf in my family. My, since then, my, my one cousin plays, um, and my dad has you know, given it a, a valiant effort over the years. Um, but I think a lot of it was, was just um, to be able to spend more time with him. And I think you know, to share something um, – that a passion that he had as well. So, you know, I think that may have been a, um, one of the main things, but then also, you know, as I said, something that you can kind of do is, as you get older and, you know, no matter what line of business I went in, I think that would have also have been a, a huge benefit as well. Yeah. You know, and it's great. I think, you know, in my case, it was my father that, that took me out and, you know, we played uh, a, a lot of different rounds uh, and a lot of different games too. You know, uh, we obviously enjoyed other sports as well, but um, golf was his passion. He was very, very good at it, and um, that was something that he, you know, I think, you know, at the time it was his way of saying, you know, this is a sport that involves integrity. It's not just about hitting a, you know, a little ball around the, the golf course. I mean, that's the fun part of it, but it also, you know, teaching me some integrity and and um you know probably some manners as well i'm sure a lot of other things that you know he will try to teach me along the way and golf was a vessel if you will that he used to do that so i think i can certainly appreciate what your grandfather um was trying to do for you and and really um introduce you to something that you could both share together and have um uh, you know have a good time at and something that would help uh develop you as as a youngster into uh your life a little bit later on um cindy go ahead 
Are you teaching at LPGA International? Yes, I am. Awesome. Isn't that place yeah. great? place is phenomenal. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, coming from the west coast of Florida um, for 15 years and coming over here, I have to say that this facility um, at this location, you know, he's got holes that surround the range and um, just, you know, every angle and lie and situation that you might be able to find on a golf course you can find in our practice facility. So, yeah, I'm definitely very blessed to have come over to this coast, um, to the east coast of Florida, and, and have landed at uh, such a great facility. Yeah, it's just, it's awesome. And how about the three holes, or the, the three or four holes? Four holes. Three holes. No, have, one, two, uh, three. Yeah, there's three. So there's um, one of each that surround. So you have the par five initially, and then you have the par three in the back. Then you have the par four that, <clears throat> excuse me, heads back to the clubhouse. Um, I think one thing that I like about the facility as well is that, for me, you know, I use the gym quite a bit for a lot of clients. So we also have what used to be, when I first came to the facility, when I first got into the LPGA, those used to be offices. Um, and now they've they've created, you know, um, just the right size, in my opinion, a, a gym in that building far left of the clubhouse. So you got a little bit of everything in here. And I say I definitely, um, if you like to practice, <clears throat> pardon me, this is definitely the place to be. Um, unlike myself, I didn't really care to practice. I wanted to play. We have two courses to choose from, and then you have, you know, the, the facility itself, practice area. So. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. So tell us about what you do with your clients. Sure. Um, I've kind of, I've definitely taken, I mean, passion obviously is definitely is, is golf instruction. And over the last, probably seven or eight years. Um, I've been, I've had a fitness background as well. And um, I now have balance um, with both adults and, and young competitive players, juniors. Um, I work a lot with the golf fitness side of things. Um, so half of my day is spent typically in the gym working with um, one of my juniors or my adults. And the other half is out on the golf course. And a lot of times, um, you know, my, my, a lot of my clients I have in the gym, I also work with other instructors. So they have their, they have those clients as their swing coaches. And then I work with them on, the, you know, the, their, their gym type uh, preparation, uh, whether it be, you know, corrective or, um, or strength, flexibility, things like that. Um, and then I work directly with, you know, a few of our instructors that we have here uh, with them so that we can kind of keep in mind that, you know, they're, their goals and then what I'm doing and what they're doing and why they're seeing the results in their game from that. So that's awesome. Really good. Ted. So Brian, let me ask you, let's sort of stick on this theme for, for a moment or two. Um, Cause I know uh, fitness and I, I purposely didn't mention it in the, uh, in the opening uh, uh, comments because I wanted to get into it a little bit more in our discussion. Um, just to, to let the folks know that she is a Level 3 certified junior TPI instructor, and TPI is short for Titleist Performance Institute. Obviously, as she's mentioned, a golf fitness trainer and personal trainer, uh, which has become a huge part of her instruction. So just sort of playing off of what Cindy's talking about, um, fitness is becoming more and more in the forefront of golf, you know, for a long time, it was, you know, we've got to hit the ball perfect. We've got to hit the ball really well and far. And, and certainly that's still in a lot of people's minds. 
but as we look at our, the tour players, both men and women, uh, they're becoming more physically fit. They're recognizing the benefits of that. So I want you to, and normally I would divide male and female, but I'm going to do it at this point. You've worked with both. When you're working with the males, typically I'm sure you see a lot of things that they do wrong as far as in their fitness regime. They're obviously all about power. They're wanting to bomb it out there. Um, and then with, with women, maybe they're not doing enough to increase distance uh, in their workouts or in their things. So give us from the male's perspective and the female's perspective, what do you see the men doing wrong and what do you see uh, the women doing right? Um, I don't think that it would necessarily say wrong for the men. I definitely have come across a lot more of men and and I when I say men I'm also talking about you know young junior um, athletes and sure. boys um, a lot of my areas that I can sort of pinpoint based on when I interview them and ask them you know what their miss might be or um, you know what kind of ball flight they have a lot of it comes down to I've found for most of the guys are they have um, flexibility issues so a lot of mm-hmm. um, pelvic tilt issues or don't know how to maneuver certain directions, um, tight hip flexors, you know, because I was just having this conversation yesterday. I acquired another, a, a new junior female, and, um, you know, from a standpoint of, of strength and everything else, you know, women are built more from the ground, from the waist down from strength, and men are from the opposite, you know, you get from your waist up. Um and so mm-hmm. I've seen a lot more inflexibility and mobility issues in, in boys and men um, than I do the women. And the women, we tend, I tend to see flexibility but not a lot of strength and not really knowing how to, to you know, maneuver those, um, a good sequence. So they try to compensate mm-hmm. a lot of the times, um, you know, just because there's not enough strength there. But once we get that balanced out, I mean – it's a recipe for great play and in my opinion, a lot more than just great play, but um, injury prevention from, from later on down the road from, you know, training a young junior the right way so that they can sustain, um, you know, actively playing versus getting injured, you know, when they're in their late teens or early twenties or something like that. So. You know, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, Cindy and I um, have the pleasure of interviewing a lot of the uh, young ladies off of the Symmetra Tour who obviously are working their way towards their LPGA cards. And what's interesting is they've, they've obviously, in many cases, achieved exactly what you're just talking about is finding that balance. Uh, because, again, typically men, uh, as you said, their upper body is much stronger uh, compared to women, uh, but women have very strong lower bodies uh, and obviously mm-hmm. much more flexibility. Um, but yet we're noticing now, I mean, and Cindy, you can attest to this. I mean, we've heard some incredible numbers. Some of these young ladies, and, you know, it's not like they're six foot five, um, are, you know, carrying it, uh, belting it out 285 yards, uh, which, you know, not so long ago was unheard of uh, for women right. to do. So they're obviously understanding the message that you're trying to, uh, you know, correlate about getting everything and working in, in a good sequence. So... What typically do you focus on? We'll stick with the women here for for a moment. Uh, with women, what I mean, obviously, you know, strength is one part of it. But what specifically do you focus 
when you see some of the things that you just talked about not working right? What specifically do you do with them to get things in balance? Um, I'll I'll put in the perfect world. I mean, obviously, I try to I put everything through everyone through a screen, and and we all work in a progressive manner. So I'll take um, you know some of my um, I'm gonna call them veteran students, but um, I'll work a lot on just um, getting them to speed up, like to swing almost as fast as they can, to to utilize their more fast twitch muscles, to train in a good sequence where they're you know, they have some lower body stability and then they're, you know, throwing a ball into a trampoline or something like that. Um, and without kind of showing, I'm definitely more uh, animated in person, but sure. to articulate it, <laughs> challenging. But um, right, I things that, that they're just going to do to be, you know, much faster. Like I'm in the middle, uh, towards the end of a super speed um, class with, with a few of my, of my students, my adult students. And I think that's also an additive important to, you know, for a female just to learn how to, how to swing without much control per se. Um, you're not looking for, for a great technique. You're just looking for, let's just, you know, get comfortable being fast and then you put everything together later mm-hmm. on. But um, I definitely focus on, you know, some good balance and some and good, more dynamic kind of power throws um, with them to, to show that they can do that and not to be so, guided and, and timid, I think would be for a lot of my, my adult students, my girls that are of younger age along the same lines, um, but focus a lot on, on balance and getting them to utilize the ground properly, understanding how to get power utilizing the ground for them. Yeah, it's uh, just to respond to something you said, yes, it's very challenging in an audio format to try to articulate. So welcome to our <laughs> world, Brianne. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What do you help them with most? What's the outcome that uh, 80% of your fitness students will gain? Um, it's probably, from a female standpoint, I would definitely say um, accuracy and then their distance. I mean, I've not... I don't think I've I've met one female client that has said I have just as much distance as I could utilize. I don't want any more, um, but they become more accurate. <laughs> they definitely become more accurate, and when you become more accurate, obviously from a swing instructor's you know hat you know on, on my head you know you're getting more solid contact, so therefore you're going to get more distance. But I think definitely um, I can say that. Most of my female clients have come out from working in the gym. I, I can't say all because that's you know would be absurd. But I would say yeah. a large, large percentage definitely comes out with a lot more accurate um, accuracy on the golf course, more distance. And I think for a few select, just being able to play without pain. Um, I have one client in particular that when I put her through the screen early on, you know, probably nine months ago now, I think. Um, we couldn't do one of the tests because she had major back pain. And, you know, a few months later she could play pain free. So I think that, you know, huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. So, you know, yeah, Brianne, let me ask you, um, I want to go back a little bit to 
some of the earlier comments about working with um, under an LPJ professional who was a top 100 teacher back in your earlier times. Um, what specifically did they instill on you that you're carrying forward today? What specifically, you know, what were some of the things that, that sort of stick out in your mind during that particular time of your career as you were developing your own game and developing your own style, if you will, um, what was it specifically that they taught you that you're carrying forward today? Um, I think one thing definitely outside of anything to do with golf is that she was a huge, um, taught me confidence. Um, I think that, you know, having someone, I was in my early 20s at the time, um, you know, so having her, having her patient, be patient with me and just instilling confidence, I think was the biggest thing. And that's what I, you know, I, I think it's, a, I, I call her, I don't think I've ever been told her in person or when I've, when I've seen her, but definitely more, um, you know, someone that brought me to this industry without her, I don't think I would have, would be in this industry, but she definitely instilled a lot of confidence in me. She would, you know, she taught me how to teach. I wasn't in the LPGA at, the, at that point in time, um, and we would video, you know, like a, a five-day um, kind of a, like a golf 101 type setup uh, where, you've, you know, you break down each day into certain components of the, the golf game, and, and she'd videotape me, and I would – and getting me to speak in front of anyone at the time was, you know, pulling pulling teeth at, the, at that point, but then have to watch myself on a video <laughs> – um, you know, I, I had to start paying people to take lessons from me at that early on in my career, but, um, she was very patient and she just, you know, really helped me along the way to make sure that I was, you know, how to articulate things, um, and be confident in what I was saying. You know, she would say, you know what you were want to say and you're correct in saying it, but now just say it. So I definitely, mm-hmm. um, without that, without, without her doing that, I think, um, I wouldn't be where I am right now um, as far in my career as I am right now. So that was a huge help. And I'll always thank her every day I ever get a chance to talk to her. In fact, I'm going to message her after this and say thank you again. That's a great that's awesome. uh, great opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome for sure. You know, always, you know, we, we had a discussion sitting night earlier about confidence, and that was one of the areas that we talked about is, you know, working with a great coach or teacher, um, and having them believe in you and instill that confidence. Because you know what, when we sort of first start things off uh, in life, you know, we're not really a lot, you know, sometimes we might be a little cocky and arrogant at times, especially I can speak on behalf of the boys anyways, and we think we know everything, but we quickly learn as we go along that, hey, there are some things we don't know. And so okay. it's nice to have a mentor, if you will, that sort of helps, you know, move us in a direction and, and helps us gain and 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 pushes our limits a little bit to, to say, Hey, you know what? I believe in you. I know you can do it and so on and so forth. And that's incredibly important. And obviously it's had a long lasting effect. You know, here you are, you know, um, some years down the road and you look back and you remember exactly not just, you know, how she taught you to hold this or how she taught you to do that, but you're remembering sort of the internal dialogue that she helped you to develop. And now you're able to pass that on to your students. Um, You've worked, in a, as I mentioned also earlier uh, in the opening uh, uh, comments, that um, you've worked at uh, a lot of different places. Uh, 
up in the Northeast, uh, down in Orlando, Tampa, and obviously now Daytona Beach and that. So you've had opportunities to, to learn um, a lot of different areas as well. And golf is different, believe it or not, in different areas. You're dealing with different grasses, your different climates and things like that. Um, what do you think it takes to be a well-rounded player. You're working with a lot of different players now, especially you know juniors and so forth, um, that are as they develop their careers are going to be faced with different challenges. How do you prepare them for that? Put them in the situation as quickly as possible. You know, they. I think, um, you know, as as a player for me, you put me in the middle of the fairway, and I'm going to freak out a bit. You put me in the rough or on an uneven lie or have me hit out of the trees, and I'm much more confident with that. So I think to be a well-rounded player, you know, you have to force yourself to, to get out and play from different parts of the golf course, play under pressure. Um, you know, I mean, just as many, you know, if it's a windy day, don't go out, you know, don't cancel your tee time or don't decide not to practice because it's a windy day. You've got to figure out, you know, how to hit shots, whether the wind's coming from right to left at 30 miles an hour and you watch your ball just, you know, drift away or whatever, um, you know, or if it's if it's drizzling or raining, I think, you know, that's an opportune time, especially down here in Florida. I mean, you can get, you know, mm-hmm. you can get wind one minute that's going to blow you over, and then you get, you know, a storm that comes in, and then it's bright and sunny, you know, all within an hour and a half of, of it, you know, coming together. But I think it's um, getting to put players in uncomfortable situations is the only way I think – that you're going to develop to be a well-rounded player in general and be able to score um, or perform under pressure because you can look back in your mind and you say, all right, I've been there, done that. Um, you know, it may not be great, but at least I'll put the ball back in play or at least I, I know that I've, I've attempted this at least one other time. This is not my first time, you know, trying this shot. So definitely um, getting, as the old saying goes, getting comfortable being uncomfortable I think is how – Mm-hmm. A, a great player, a well-rounded player, is, is is created. Yeah, and that's so true. What a great way to to sort of put that together, because you know a lot of people we see it all the time. I know you've seen it, Cindy, and I've have mentioned it many times on the show uh, over the years, where we see people out on the practice range hitting the same shot, you know, the perfect lie, you know, to the same target, and not really changing it up. Um, very much, and then they get out on the golf course, and never the two meet. Uh, you know that perfect lie never seems to to come about, um, right. and they have no idea how to handle that. So, and, and I agree with something that you you said as well: is get them out there as quick as possible. Now, obviously, they they need to have a, a general understanding of the fundamentals and need to uh, have a general overview of of how to hit the ball uh, well. But right. you need to get them out there in real playing. Yeah, you need to get them out there in real playing situations because otherwise, when they do find themselves, that chisels away at their confidence because they don't know how to handle those situations because they've been so used to practicing under perfect conditions that when it's not perfect, as you suggest, they don't know how to handle that. And then suddenly, you know, it's like a balloon that's deflated. They they just all the air gets you know all the oxygen to get sucked out of the room. Um, what are you working on now and in future? Where do you see – what is it that, that you really want to do? Obviously, you're focusing a lot on the fitness side. Um, are there other things that you really want to start engaging in over the next little while in your career? 
Um, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I was just having this conversation um, last night and uh, the other day. Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is this is my career. I, I don't feel like I've ever gone to work one day, uh, which is awesome. My dad always told me, you know, um, find a career there, find a path that you're going to love getting up every day and going to. And I've been blessed to do that. So um, I think in my next venture, I, I'd love to create – and I'm working on it currently to to have a a junior program that encompasses you know your competitive player that plays tournaments so they don't have to they don't have they don't have to be you know players that are looking to go to the, the tour but just competitive maybe a scholarship to a D two or you know D three D one school um, but really give a well rounded program for kids that both encompass the the fitness the playing um, and you know, that's definitely one area um, and focus more on that kind of stuff. Cause what's one thing I think in this area that I'm in currently that we don't really have a whole lot. Uh, we have some kids and that have great talent, but um, they don't really have a whole lot of, they don't have that one big whole component to be able to, to go to. So um, that's definitely a big focus uh, in, in my up and coming, you know, six months to a year, even, you know, in greater on from that, mm-hmm. that point. So, um, that's my biggest focus, I would say. Well, very good. Um, Cindy, any final questions that you have for Brianne uh, before we wrap it up? Nope. Just keep doing what you're doing. Great job. Thank you so much. Brianne, how can the folks, if uh, they're tuning into the show, how can they, if they want to reach out to you, if they're going to be maybe in your area or uh, reach out to you online somehow. What's the best way that they can get in touch with you if they want to uh, get more information about what you do and and uh, maybe how you can help them? Yeah, definitely. Um, the easiest way is is um, my phone number. Um, text. Um, I'd love to say that I I'll answer the phone all the time, but um, that's <laughs> always a bit of a challenge. Um, not on purpose, just because obviously you know let in a lesson with a client. Um, but text. Um, but also Facebook, um, Murphy's Golf Academy. You can find me on Facebook really easily, um, and Instagram. Um, I'm on there quite a bit, uh, Murphy Golf Pro. So either one of those, definitely, any three of those would be the best way uh, to, to, to reach out and get a hold of me. Okay, and the number just uh, so they know sure. you can give out the number. Yeah, um, it's area code seven two seven six six seven two nine three nine. Perfect. Well, Brand, thank you very much for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf and, and much continued success. And um, I think what you're doing is great. I think that this is an area that really needs to be focused on is, is not just hitting the ball well, but learning to get yourself uh, in good physical condition um, to be able to um, play this game for as long as possible. And I think it's uh, great what you're doing. Keep up the great work and hopefully you'll come back and join us again sometime. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. You have a great day. day. Uh, You too. All right. Brianna Murphy, uh, owner of Murphy's Golf and Fitness. Um, Very interesting, some of the things that she said. Wouldn't you agree? Agree. Agree. She's awesome. Yep. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this morning to the Women of Golf. We'll be back next week. And I believe, Cindy, we are going to have, because I think they're playing this week, 
we will have another Symmetra Tour winner. They were on break uh, last week, uh, but I believe they are on an event this week, so we should have another winner uh, come next Tuesday and, of course, another uh, great guest to follow. So we hope you'll join us. God bless everybody. Have a great week, and thank you for tuning in this morning to the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.